Good evening. Every time that we sing that song, Love Lifted Me, uh, I think about a recording I have of my grandfather on my dad's side and his mother. And his mother had made a recording on an old phonograph of her singing that song in English and in German. And then Grandpa made a recording of him singing with that. And so on a CD now that we've updated it, I have those two singing together, Love Lifted Me. It's very special. Very special. So I appreciate that song. And the message is powerful. The love of God lifts us out of the waves of sin. In our English Bibles, the book of Joel contains only three chapters. Just three chapters. It's not the largest book in the Bible. And I'll tell you this, that as I flip through my Bible, I often just pass right through it. Don't even know it's there. But its prophecy is potent. It reaches all the way into the New Testament. And the prophecy of Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 32, is the centerpiece to the writings of Luke. Joel chapter 2, verse 28 through 32 reads this way. It will come about after this that I will pour out my Spirit on all mankind, and your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. Even on the male and female servants, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. I will display wonders in the sky and on earth, blood, fire, and columns of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And it will come about that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be delivered. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be those who escape, as the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. If you don't have footnotes in your Bible, I would make one in the margin that reads Acts chapter 2, verse 17 through 21, because that's where this prophecy is mentioned again, and powerfully so. Tonight it's my goal to give you some tools to do some further and deeper study. And this is, uh, this is something that was done for me not long ago. And it helped to open my eyes to the writings of Luke and to think more clearly about what he's trying to do. And every time I read Luke now, I read it with these thoughts in mind about what his purpose was. I'm going to show you a pattern tonight through Luke's writings. And that pattern provides the evidence that Joel's prophecy was being fulfilled in the time of Christ. And that's of the utmost importance to be absolutely true. In Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, we read, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile an account of the things accomplished among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, it seemed fitting for me as well, having investigated everything carefully from the beginning, to write it out for you 
in consecutive order, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the exact truth about the things which you have been taught. That's the beginning of the book of Luke. And some of you are well aware that in the beginning of Acts, we see a very similar sort of introduction. In Acts 1, verses 1 and 2, Luke writes again to the same man saying, The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when He was taken up to heaven, after He had, by the Holy Spirit, given orders to the apostles whom He had chosen. And Acts continues on with that record. Luke is... A part one of sorts. And Acts the part two. Both have the same goal of recording an exact truth of the events which were occurring. But also to prove beyond any doubt that the events of Joel chapter 2 verses 28 through 32 have been and are occurring in the time of Christ and in the time following His resurrection and ascension. If you were to combine Luke and Acts into one book, you would find right smack in the middle the prophecy from Joel 2 being given a place of prominence in the account. Almost as though Acts 2 becomes a sort of apex for Luke's writings. Everything Luke is providing in the book of Luke is evidence building the mystery about what's going on here. What's happening who is this? And Acts 2 draws back the curtain and says, here's the answer. This is what's happening and the whole world will never be the same. The rest of Acts shows the world being turned upside down by the message of God. Like Acts 17 verse 6 says, that's the way that those two writings fit together. There are some key thoughts in Joel's prophecy that we see mentioned over and over again in Luke's writings. Acts chapter 2 verse 17 identifies that we're talking about the last days in Joel's prophecy. The last days. That is the final period of time before the judgment would come. Again, in Acts 2, verse 17, we have God's Spirit poured out, creating miracles. Third, we have all mankind included both in the outpouring of the Spirit and in the offered salvation from God. Acts 2, 17 and verse 21. In Acts 2, verse 19, we have signs and wonders performed through the power of God. And in Acts 2, verse 21, we have salvation through the name of the Lord Jesus. Those are the pillars of this prophecy. And Luke makes a point to point those out to us in his account. The last book of the Old Testament is Malachi. And after Malachi's prophecy was finished, there's what is usually referred to as a period of silence lasting somewhere around 400 years. That means that everyone who's alive by the beginning of Luke's writings has never, never seen a miracle from God. That's profound. 
And in order to really grasp what Luke is doing, we need to enter his writing with that understanding. Nothing's been going on. This is not the same as reading Exodus and seeing the Exodus from Egypt and and seeing all of the mighty things that God did. And then you jump over to Luke and you say, oh yeah, he's still doing those mighty things. No, there's been 400 years where God has remained completely silent, not doing. And all those alive have not seen. All those alive are very much like us. Who have read, but have not actually witnessed these sorts of grand acts. And so everyone is waiting. They're waiting for the prophecies to be fulfilled. For the Messiah to arrive. And if we look at the prophecy of Joel, we know that God would mark the time of the Messiah with the fulfillment of this prophecy. And the big moment happens in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 and verse 8. We're coming in right at the very beginning of the book. Luke chapter 1 and about verse 8. You have Zacharias and Elizabeth. Both righteous. Both aged. And in verse 8, it happened that while... He, Zacharias, was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division. According to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at the hour of the incense offering. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. And Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel, and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. That is the moment everyone's been waiting for. When the Lord would break His silence to His people, when once again there would be something said from that divine source. And Zacharias was there, never having beheld an angelic being in his entire life, and there one stands before him, next to the altar of incense, where all he expected to see was smoke going up. There's an angelic being. And it makes a great deal of sense why fear gripped him. I would be deathly afraid if an angel appeared next to me and wanted to say something to me. And so we enter this with the right mindset and some of the things that happen make a lot more sense. But he's told not to be afraid. And and did you catch in verse 15 what's going to happen? Yes, John's going to be born to him. But he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. I'm sure there's an evidence of life there while yet in the womb. 
But that's not tonight's lesson. Tonight's lesson is about Joel's prophecy. And what did God say would happen in those last days? He would pour forth of His Spirit. And here's the beginning. You have John while yet in the womb who's going to be filled with the Spirit. If you're an underliner, underline that. I underlined it in my Bible and wrote down Acts 2.17. That's what I did. And that's where it begins. Then look at Luke chapter 1, verse 41. And you'll have to... You'll have to allow me to run through these very quickly because there's a whole lot of them. Luke chapter 1 verse 41. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby, that's John, leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And so now we have not just a baby being filled with the Holy Spirit, but also Elizabeth filled with the Holy Spirit. And she's identified in Luke 1.7 as advanced in years. She is an older woman. And what's part of Joel's prophecy in Acts 2.17? But that young and old men and women would receive His Spirit. Luke chapter 1 verse 67 is the next one. His father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. That's Acts 2, verse 17, all the way. Now look at, uh, look at Luke 1, verse 69. Zacharias is prophesying, and part of that prophecy is that he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David, his servant. That's Acts 2, verse 21, speaking about the salvation which would come. And then again in verse 77, to give to His people the knowledge of salvation. That's Acts 2.21. Joel's prophecy being spoken of. Look at Luke chapter 2 verse 25. Or Luke 2, Luke 2 verse 11. Sorry. The angel said to them in verse 10, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That's Acts 2.21. Salvation in His name. And now look at Luke 2 verse 25. And we'll just read verses 25 through 32. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Are you catching already that the Holy Spirit is active now as He has not been before? The Holy Spirit was upon him, and it, was, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ and he came in the Spirit into the temple. That is, Simeon came in, in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him into his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. So you notice the various threads that are announced here. The Holy Spirit is upon Him in verse 25. And then coming down to verse 30, Jesus is called the salvation of the Lord. 
In verse 32, He is a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And so there's all those threads that are being pulled through there from Acts 2 verse 17 and Acts 2 verse 21 involving both salvation and all mankind. Luke chapter 2 verse 36. There was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, She was advanced in years. Funny how Luke spends time noting that, isn't it? It's almost like it's in Joel's prophecy that he's going to mention later. Advanced in years and had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. And then as a widow to the age of 84, she never left the temple. And serving night and day with fastings and prayers. And she continues on her that account about her but note she's a prophetess advanced in years that's Acts 2 17 that he would pour out his spirit on all mankind men and women young and old Luke chapter 3 verse 6 Luke chapter 3 verse 6 it's the very end of a statement it says all flesh will see the salvation of God All flesh, not just Jews, but Gentiles, and they will see salvation. Acts 2.17 and Acts 2.21. Look at verse 22 of Luke 3. Luke chapter 3 and verse 22. Verse 21, when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized. And while he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came out of heaven, you are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. That's Acts 2.17, the Holy Spirit being poured out once again. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Jesus is reading the Scripture And he says in Luke chapter 4 verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And of course in verse 21, he began to say to them today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Acts 2 In verse 17, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Look at Luke 4, verse 25 through 27. The people are are sort of incredulous at this. And he says, no prophet is welcome in his hometown in verse 24. But then verse 25 through 27, note what Jesus says. I say to you in truth, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the sky was shut up for three years and six months when a great famine came over all the land. And yet Elijah was sent to none of them but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. The emphasis is that she was a Gentile woman. And there were many lepers in Israel at the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. What's Jesus emphasizing? The Gentiles being saved. It's the salvation for the Gentiles that he's emphasizing. Acts 2 and verse 17. Now let's jump forward a bit to Luke chapter 7. 
Luke chapter 7 and verse 9. When Jesus heard this, he marveled at him and turned to the crowd and said that was following him, I say to you, not even in Israel have I found such great faith. Well, what's going on here? Well, there was a centurion who had a slave who was dying. And he sent messengers and said, don't come any further because I'm a man of authority. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and this one, come, and he comes. And he understood Jesus was exactly the same way that he could, with a word, heal this man. And Jesus' response is, not even in Israel have I found such great faith. Gentiles finding Christ. Acts 2, verse 17 especially. Look at Luke chapter 7, verse 48 through 50. Luke 7, verse 48. He said to her, that is the adulterous woman who came into the house of a Pharisee, knelt down and wept and washed Jesus' feet with her tears. He said to her, Your sins have been forgiven. And those who were reclining at the table began to say to themselves, Who is this man who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. The question we ask is, In whom did she find salvation? In the name of the Lord. What does Acts chapter 2 and verse 21 say? All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. What's Luke emphasizing? Let's go forward a little ways further. Luke 13 verses 29 and 30. Luke 13 verse 29 and 30. Jesus says they will come from east and west and from north and south. And will recline at the table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. That's emphasis on the Gentiles coming to God and being welcomed to Him. Let's look at um, Luke chapter 14, verse 23 and 24. Luke 14, 23 and 24, the master said to the slave in the parable, go out into the highways and along the hedges and compel them to come in so that my house may be filled. For I tell you that none of those men who were invited shall taste of my dinner. The Jews were invited by God to taste of the dinner and they turned the invitation away. And so God says, go out and get the Gentiles. Bring them in. It's Luke emphasizing this same prophecy. Luke chapter 15, verse 32. Luke 15, 32. The end of the prodigal son. Remember there was one son who was there, the other left. And the father is explaining what had to happen when that son who had left returned. He says, but we had to celebrate and rejoice for this brother of yours was dead and has begun to live and was lost and has been found. This is salvation for anyone, including even tax collectors and sinners as they would call them. No matter who you are, salvation for you. Luke 24 and verse 47. Luke 24 and verse 47. He's opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. Verse 46, He said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in His name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. That's about the Gentiles receiving Christ. Salvation for all. 
the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all. And now we go to Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. As though we have not even stopped reading or or Luke has not stopped writing, the theme continues. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Jesus says to them, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth, that's the Gentiles and the Jews, offered salvation through Christ. Acts chapter 2 verse 4, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. We're more familiar with these passages. Acts 2 and verse 4, filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 2 and verse 22, men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs. That's verse 19, I'll grant wonders and signs which God performed through Him in your midst, just as you yourselves know. Acts 2 verse 38, Peter said to them, Repent and each of you be baptized. In whose name? Jesus Christ. For what purpose? For the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so we have this same name offering salvation to them and the Holy Spirit as well. Acts 2 verse 43, Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. Do you think it's coincidence that Luke keeps writing these same words over and over and over again? Certainly not. I'm going to run through the rest of the passages and you can write them down if you would like because our time is at an end. And I don't want to keep you here forever. But I want you to hear the extent to which Luke goes to make this prophecy sure. Acts chapter 3 verse 24 talks about the last days. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 talks about the name by which we're saved, the name of Christ. Acts 5 verse 12 speaks of signs and wonders being performed. Acts 6 verse 5 speaks of the action of the Holy Spirit. Acts 6 verse 8 speaks of wonders and signs. Acts 7 verse 51, they were resisting the Holy Spirit Acts 7 verse 55 speaks of the activity of the Holy Spirit. Acts 8 verse 6 speaks of the Holy Spirit and signs being performed. Acts 8 verse 13, Holy Spirit, signs, miracles. Acts 8 17, Holy Spirit spoken of. Acts verse, uh, 8 verse 29, the Holy Spirit once again active. Acts 8 verse 36, all flesh including Gentile. That's the eunuch being converted and that's special You might write down Deuteronomy 23 verse 1 to find out exactly why. Eunuchs are not allowed in the assembly of the Lord under the old law, but under the new law, who's welcome? Everyone. Acts 9 verse 15, the Gentiles are welcome. Acts 9 verse 17, the Holy Spirit is active. Acts 10 35, Gentiles are welcome. Acts 10 38, the Holy Spirit is active. Acts 10 44, the Holy Spirit active on the Gentiles. 10 47, all flesh, Gentiles. Acts 11 40, all flesh, Gentiles. 13 47, all flesh saved through Christ. Acts 14 27, all flesh. 
Chapter 15, verse 8, the Holy Spirit's active. Chapter 15, verse 11, the name of Christ is the name that saves. Acts 16, 31, the name of Jesus. And Acts 28, 28, salvation through Christ given to the Gentiles. That's all flesh. That's more than 45 times in Luke's writings that he references the fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel. I think that's important. And I think to read the book of Luke and the book of Acts without recognizing the emphasis Luke puts on that prophecy causes us to miss one of the grandest points that he makes. Forty-five and more passages in Luke and Acts marking and proving the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy, proving beyond any doubt that we live in the last days. Proving that God poured forth His Spirit on all mankind just as He said He would. Proving that Jesus is indeed the Lord. And that when we call on His name, we are saved. And not only us, but all mankind. No matter what has happened to you in your life, no matter where you are from, no matter who your family is, all mankind can be saved. And especially, not just the Jews. There is not a single soul who cannot find hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is the grandest of messages. And Luke spent a lot of time emphasizing it. Tonight I hope that that has given you some direction to go in your studies. That perhaps that piques your interest and you want to look for that on your own. And find out what's there. If you do, I'm glad. But there's something else here. And that is that this fulfillment is important on a whole nother level. And that's that today, anyone who comes to Jesus repenting of your sins, confessing Him, and being baptized in His name for the forgiveness of your sins, He will wash clean, add you to the church, and the prophecy of Joel will at that time be fulfilled in you. Because the point of the prophecy of Joel is that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That does not have an end point other than the day of judgment itself. And at that time, all who have called on Him are saved. And all who have neglected Him are lost. Don't neglect Him tonight. If you need to be saved tonight, call on His name the way that He's prescribed, confessing Him before us, dedicating your life to Him, and seeking forgiveness of sins through the blood of Christ in baptism. If you have a need tonight, we're here for you. We're here to help you. And the Lord is here to forgive you. Please come forward as we stand and sing.